So if you're a consultant, if you're a coach, um, if you're a motivational speaker, if you're a marketer, if you have a clothing line, just record yourself packing and sending off packages at the mail, at the mailbox. And people are going to see that you're actually, you have, you have customers, you're doing business, and they're going to want to spend money with you. So you can do the exact same thing that I just said. You can create, you know, you can, you can be doing your everyday business operations and not point a camera at it. And you're doing yourself a disservice because the person who is pointing a camera at what they're doing, they can have a worse product. They can have worse service. Their price can be higher, but they're going to get the customer because the customer saw their brand seven to 10 times and they did not see your brand seven to 10 times. What's good, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 54 of Highly Invested, where we invest in ourselves, talk about personal growth, and we ask entrepreneurs and those practicing the financial independence retire early movement about the best investments they made in themselves that helped get them to where they are today. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we've got the creator behind the marketing and media firm Black Millionaires. Based in Atlanta, Georgia, I first met James through Instagram, and he was motiva- he was doing motivational speaking and personal finance coaching. And the next thing I knew... He had an idea for a media agency to showcase and represent current and future black millionaires and has grown his page to over 197,000 followers at the time of this podcast. So it's been amazing to watch his growth. Uh, So I brought him on the show so he could tell us about the journey, share some perspective on how black communities, especially in Atlanta where he is, are, are taking action and how he's used social media to get his message across. So today we've got James Hill on the show. How are you doing today, James? Hey, thank you, man. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. And we've, we yeah, we did connect over social media. I don't know how long it's been, but um, I tell people all the time, social media is a great place to network. A lot of people are on social media just consuming content. I, I'm on social media, and I, and I see you as well. You're on social media to actually make meaningful connections. So that's what I really appreciate, yeah. you know. Oh, man, no worries. And I just want to highlight social media in that context for more people because I spent many years using it as a consumer and it didn't do me any good. So uh, just it's a great example, too. You you network, you put yourself out there and you meet like minded people. So you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, man. I mean, I I always say how much does social media cost and everybody say zero. And I'm like, well, it's costing you your time if you're not using it effectively. So, you know, I mean, everything is not about earning money, but you can earn knowledge and make good relationships, and that's more important than money, you know, especially yes. in today's um, in today's landscape. Oh yeah, man, and intention just goes such a long way. So it's it's just great to see people, and it's just like the growth that you can see in a short period of time. I don't think people understand that scale too. Like, you know, you can be working so hard on something for a long time and not feel like you're getting anywhere, but then all it takes is that one shout out or that really one real connection to, to really take it off. And you're literally proof of that. So tell us a bit about Black Millionaires. Yeah, I mean, if, if people go on my page, the page is Black Millionaires underscore. You don't have to go on there and engage in the content. But if, you, if you're listening to this and you go on there and go down to when we first made our first post, our first post was January 3rd, 2020. So what we did is um, we changed a personal page over to a business page. And on January 3rd, we had about 4,700 followers. So a lot of people who are listening to this probably have around 4,700, you know, 2,000, 3,000. That's exactly where we started at, you know, seven or eight months ago. Right. One of the motivating factors of starting the page is I met Lonnie Johnson. Now, Lonnie Johnson is the creator of the toy Super Soaker. Really? The toy gun, the Super Soaker. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. And um, he's based down here in Atlanta and he's a... Uh, He's an engineer. He's black. And I was at this panel discussion and he was in the crowd. So the guy who was actually being interviewed for the panel gave him a shout out. And I'm like, Lonnie Johnson, Like that name sounds very familiar. And then I looked it up and I was like, I knew that was him. So you know how most people are. Oh, I don't, I don't really <laughs> want to go speak to him. I don't want to take a picture with him. I don't want to seem like, um, you know, I don't know if he's going to big time me. I, I was humble. Oh, I know so, what that's like, man. I actually, I met Tracy Morgan when I was in okay. South Africa on a, on a shark cage diving trip. Mm-hmm. And I think because I knew his name, I was the first person instantly to be like, Tracy Morgan. Wow. You're on this <laughs> boat. 
But then throughout the entire excursion, which was a full day long, I was too scared to go talk to him because I thought, oh, well, why would he want to share? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, these other people were conversing with him. I stayed away because I thought, you know, it's just like, damn, why did I think that? I should have just went and asked him all the questions. He'd be happy to share his knowledge. Yeah. And then we have to realize these people are human as well. Right. And as long as you're not up there asking them any confidential information or just trying to get them to do something and commit to something, if, as long as you're just being an actual human being and talking about what's going on and what, you know, how they impacted you and, yeah. um, you know, what you're, what you're doing positively, they'll be willing to converse with you. So I walked up to him, Lonnie Johnson, I walked up to him after the, um, the panel was over and I just shook his hand and I said, Hey man, I really wanted to meet you. I, I just been reading a lot of articles about you. I did some projects about you when I was younger. You created the super soaker. That was one of my favorite toys <laughs> growing up. And I was, I would love to get a picture with you. So we got a picture. We talked for about five or 10 minutes and he had just won a settlement from the toy, the toy company Hasbro. And it was for like $78.3 million wow. because they infringed on his, um, on his patent. Again, he's an engineer, so he created it and he patented it and he licensed it out to Hasbro and other toys companies. So they're paying him a royalty on every sale. So he's not necessarily the person who owns Hasbro but he owns the patent of the, the right. products that they sell. So they put their margin and they make the colors and they make it out of, you know, they make it a toy, yeah. but he made it an actual invention. They put so, the brand on it, right? Everything yeah. They put the brand behind it, got it into retail stores, all those things. So Genius. if they're selling a toy gun for a hundred dollars, he's probably making $40 at each sale. So that's why he's, you know, worth half a billion dollars at the moment. Right. So, right. I mean, he's just a regular guy. You, you see him walking in the mall, you see him walking up the street, you would never know this guy's worth a half a billion dollars. So I just told him, like, hey, man, you, you're a real inspiration to me. We took a picture. We connected on LinkedIn. So, um, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to say he's my friend, but, I mean, we're connected on social media, right? Yeah. So we connected on social media. He liked the picture when I posted it up, everything. And um, when I created Black Millionaires, I remembered that. So on January 3rd, I created it. And then you go on the page, I believe it's around January 19th. Um, don't quote me on that date. But I posted up about, you know, his settlement. Like, hey, he just won $78.3 million from Hasbro. He won. And yeah. that went viral. Like, when I say viral. Really? I mean, like, two or 3,000 shares. Um, and it went viral, like, the third day it was up. So it didn't go viral at first. Right, right. And, um... What happened is I got on the Explore page, and a lot of people don't know how to get on the Explore page, but I got on the Explore page, and once I figured out how to get on there, I started creating more content to get on there, right. and that's how the page blew up. So I was already at like 4,700. Once that happened, I, I grew like to probably 6,900, and then I just got a lot hungrier for you know growing my social proof because I saw people engaging in my content, and um, I saw that I saw that as a way to educate people on what I was trying to do previously. Yeah. When me and you talked about behind closed doors, we talked about like, you know, how I was doing the money coach thing and the millennial mistakes and helping people budget with their student loans. And that w really wasn't working. Um, and I'm doing the same thing now in terms of educating people on money and finances, but I'm, I'm using a different platform and I'm not necessarily telling people, Hey, you need six months of expenses. Right. I'm not telling people that, right? Because we both know you do need that. But what I'm doing is showing people and educating people on how other successful people um, in their community has got to where they got. And now they're open to listen because they're not listening to me. They're listening to Lonnie Johnson, the guy who's worth half a billion dollars. But guess what? When they engage in the content, I'm the one getting the engagement because I own the platform. Right. So, you know, I took myself out of the equation and put more successful people at the for, or at the forefront, gave them, gave them the credit. I didn't say I created the super soaker. I said they did, yeah. right? And then I started to educate people and people started to really engage with that. And then in probably about February 19th, that's when I hit 10,000 followers on, on, on Instagram. And then it, it took me almost until about May to hit 20,000. And then after 20,000, man, it took off. So right now I'm at 197. And it's been eight months, but man, it's been a real journey, man. So amazing. And like all that really kind of started and, and the proof of concept just came from you highlighting Lonnie's story. Like how, how cool is that? You wouldn't have expected it. 
yeah, I didn't expect anything, man. I took the picture. I still got the picture on my personal page, and I have it on. Um, no, I think I just still only have it on my personal page. I didn't share it on Black Millionaires. But yeah, I mean that was a, I mean that was a life changing thing for me just to meet somebody so successful and established. And it wasn't like he's not like a celebrity, right? Right. You know, we can meet an actor, we can meet a rapper, or a singer, or a basketball player, and um, you know, like oh my God, this is LeBron James, but. Like, this is a business person, somebody I can actually see myself modeling my life after. Because I'm not an athlete. I'm not a, um, you know, I'm not an actor. I'm not a singer. So when I meet those people, standing in Atlanta, I meet those people a lot. It, it doesn't really click to me because that's not an aspiration for me. Everybody is different. Yeah, so, right. you know, if you want to be an actor, it may impact you more to meet an actor. But because I'm a businessman, it impacted me a lot to be to meet a business person who actually made a, you know, impact on a community and, you know, just the world at large with the Super Soaker. Every kid from the 90s um, know how important a Super Soaker Seriously, is. me, absolutely. I didn't realize this is a lesson for me too, man, yeah. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that was that was really the start of the page. And, I mean, it's so much more to go into it. And you we can go into it if you like, but... Well, I mean, I I have quite a few questions for you. We'll definitely get back to that um, because I do want to start a little bit more on your story, but we've got time to, I'll, I'll figure out a way to weave through all this. But mm-hmm. just while we're on the topic, what, you know, what was the eureka moment or the aha behind Black Millionaires? Like, was it an idea that was in the works for a while or something that like, yeah, how'd that come about? I mean, it, it was something that was in my mind and that I knew I wanted to do. I just didn't really know how to do it. And I didn't really have a blueprint, but um, let's take a step back. So once I graduated from college, I moved, I'm from Detroit. So I moved back to Detroit. I went to school probably an hour, an hour and a half north of Detroit at Saginaw Valley. And once I moved back, I was a mortgage banker. So I was a mortgage banker at one of the largest companies, the, the largest mortgage um, company. They just went public. So you probably know who I'm talking about. But um, so I was working there as a banker for about a year. And I was doing really good. I was doing real good at my job. But I always internally knew I wanted to travel. Right. I wanted to travel. I wanted to get out. Because growing up in my neighborhood, I never really got out to see the world. And then when I was in college, I went over to Europe for two weeks in Amsterdam. So that blew my mind. Oh, that man. Travel's the best, isn't it? Yeah. So that stretched my mind to travel. And then, so right before I left the company, I was like one of their top salesmen. And my, my VP... He um, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, you know, the CEO wants to give you an opportunity to go to the Cavaliers game, to Corsair, you know, and all of that. So I went from, you know, working on a Sunday and this is how the financial services industry works. Right. I was working on a Sunday as a mortgage banker because that's just how my schedule was set up that for that week. And um, so after I got off work at like two o'clock, I was on a private jet flying to Cleveland. And it took me 17 minutes to get from downtown Detroit to downtown Cleveland. I was sitting courtside next to LeBron James and the bench on the Cavaliers. Um, they were playing the Spurs. So I was really, I was literally under the rim. I'm right, like, I could really grab the players when they're at the free throw line. That's how close I was. Oh, is that when Kawhi was still on uh, San Antonio too? Um, yeah, but he wasn't playing. You know, he okay. had that whole He's year hurt. when he was, you know, hurt. So Kawhi wasn't actually playing. So I he got just, to meet man, him. he came back he came up to Canada for that one year and just turned everyone yeah, into basketball man. fans. <laughs> yeah, I got to meet Popovich. Um Amazing. I believe I think it was Tony Parker. I don't I don't know if Tony Parker was there. I think he might have been. Um, um Manu Ginobili was probably there. Yeah, big. yeah, Ginobili. So those guys they you know, they walked up to us and talked to us for a minute. Dynasty, yeah. Yeah, so that was really impactful. But what was impactful is the idea that just being on a private jet and that just always, you know, w- once something like that happens to you, you can't unsee that. Yes, that's so true, man. You, that's good you, point. Your, your mind get exposed to one thing and you can't really unsee that. So my perception of time, wealth and money and success, I couldn't unsee that. So I knew I wanted to start my business. So I was about 23 at the time and um, I looked at the CEO of the company and I, I realized that he he started his company. He left a job and started his company at 23, 24. So Ooh. I had to make a decision on if I wanted to really chase my dreams or if I just wanted to just work in corporate finance. I'm not saying working in corporate finance is not the best because I, I, I made real good money. And I mean, it was double 
of what people, the average person is making. So I'm not being, right. you know, I'm not saying like that wasn't a blessing to me, but I knew I wanted to own my own business, but I didn't really know. I, it was my first time in business. I had, I had a college degree. I read business books a lot. I watched documentaries, but now was the time to actually start implementing some of the strategies that I learned through personal development, through marketing. And I just really didn't understand myself as a person. Well, that's inspiring too, man. Just to say that like, you know, you're making great money, but something's still pulling you away because you want more meaning, right? Like, yeah, man. So um, that's when I actually, uh, I actually started millennial mistakes. So I, you know, I went and got my LLC. I started buying a camera equipment and things like that. Nice. But, um, before then I was still staying in Detroit. So a situation, a family situation that happened that really, you know, that really opened my eyes that I need to get out of the city and get out of Detroit. Because for people who don't know, Detroit is, you know, it's a, it's a rough city to grow up in. Yeah. So, and I think unfortunately, just because of the auto industry is exiting, it's kind of just going downhill, right? Exactly. Exactly. Bad, but... So a lot of those jobs and a lot of the prosperity left with the auto industry. So you know, until the auto industry come back, Detroit, you know, is still trying to find a new identity. Right. So I decided to leave the, the Detroit and uh, move to Atlanta. So at this point, you know, I went from, you know, working at a court in corporate finance to saving up a ton of money to move to Atlanta. And then I had to just figure out my life from there. But I had a problem. One of the problems that I had is I was still in debt. You know, I didn't have my financial situation together, but I have, I knew how to save money, right, right. but I didn't have my finances together. So I took a year of just paying off all my consumer debt. I still have student loans, but you know, who cares about that? Right. Well, again, <laughs> at some point you gotta, yeah, you gotta yeah, allocate at, things at, in the right places. You will pay yeah, it off. Man, at some point, um, I think probably about 2021, um, good. you know, once the economy opened back up, cause my income has been doing really good. As long as you got a plan too, right? Like that's it. Oh yeah, yeah, plan. man. So. So I have a plan to knock those out. But once I, uh, you know, I cleared out all my consumer debt other than the student loans. So I had a lot of freedom. And that's what I like. That's what I was trying to, to coach people in terms of the money coaching right. with millennial mistakes. My first business, I was trying to coach people in terms of budgeting, how to approach your student loans, how to pay off your credit cards, just, you know, things like that, that people needed to hear, but they didn't necessarily want to hear. Yeah. So I struggled with that business for like a year, man. When I looked at my tax return, filed my taxes, I, I lost like $8,000 just, you know, buying equipment, just buying subscriptions online, websites. Right. And, you know, you know, with trying to start a business, uh, business cards, going to conferences, you can spend a lot of money. There's always ways to spend money. On it's true. Business. Yeah, you can too. And it's, it's, you know, it's good learning experience, but at the same time it goes quickly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I looked at my taxes and I, I was down about seventy five. Or to eight thousand dollars, and then I, I just said, "Okay, it's a wrap. I'm not doing this no more." So I stopped that business for like two months, and now it's about November 2018. No, it's like November 2019. So that's when I really just was like, "Okay, it's a wrap. I stopped. I stopped. Any, I stopped doing any business." Good, and then like but taking a step back doing, now, kind of seeing what else. Yeah, you do. yeah, I was taking a step back, but I still like you, like you mentioned, I still was doing motivational speaking and public speaking. So I was still making money in terms of business, but I didn't really have an actual online e-commerce business, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And then um, I had already met Lonnie Johnson at that time. And then I started Black Millionaires actually with a friend and um, a friend came up with the name. I had the idea, but I didn't have a name. So my friend came up with the name and I was like, OK, that's a real good name because I'm not really a creative person. But if I hear something, I know it's a hit. So me and my friend started this business with literally probably about $150. And um, Amazing. three days into the business, me and him had a dispute. And then he just walked away from the business like, yeah, man, I'm not doing this no more. Like, huh. you know, we're going to ruin our friendship trying to start this business. So I just was like, OK. And actually, me and him, it, that did ruin our friendship. So me and him haven't spoke since, which is yeah. unfortunate because this was like one of my best friends from college. So I was left with a business, you know, me and a friend had started that. It was our idea. He left it to me. And then, um, you know, I just said, I don't have anything to lose. I started this with $150. I just lost, lost $8,000 on one business. What do I have to lose? And um, what happened is I, start, I had a lot of merchandise from my old company that I didn't sell. So basically what I started doing is selling that merchandise 
and investing those profits into the business in terms of marketing, advertising, um, email marketing, and things like that. Smart. So you're kind of flipping stuff you've already got. Exactly. So, I I mean, like I said, I spent $8,000. That $8,000 still have, it had to be somewhere. I didn't spend it on like, you know, gift cards and I actually yeah, had, yeah I had value something somewhere some there's some value somewhere so I still had media equipment I still had t-shirts I still have business cards I still had a lot of these things I still have websites that I paid up for three years and now I'm not using them so I was like okay and I just switched the brand and I turned that into black millionaires and I start learning how to create content to get on the explore page and once I did that man it took off so you know I've been gaining probably about 10,000 followers a month since May. And um, that's how I'm at 197 right now. And let's get beyond followers. Let's start talking about like money and e-commerce and actually earning <laughs> money from a business because people hear the followers and just say, okay, but how is that making me money? Again, I started this business. Right. So go ahead. What I mean, yeah, just whatever you're willing to share, James, if you don't mind diving in, like, so how are some ways that if you've gotten to this point where you're attracting people's attention, yeah, what do you do from here? How do you monetize? Yeah, so the way you monetize is by getting attention to your page and realizing that marketing is what gets you the attention and sales is what gets you the money. And those are two separate things. I think people mix those two, right? Yeah. That's the problem that a lot of people have on social media. They market in the wrong times and they sell in the wrong times. And once I figured that out and I flipped that around and I start marketing when it's time to market and get attention. And then I start offering digital products and digital services that allow people to, you know, once you, the marketing gets their attention and you bring value through the marketing and then the sales drives the e-commerce business. Right. So basically all I was doing is getting more attention to my page and the more attention that gets to my page, the more people click on my website, the more they engage with my content, the more, I, and then I incentivize people to direct message me so I can start selling them products or services through via direct message. Because sometimes people be like, hey, just email me or give me a call or like, you got to realize Instagram is incentivizing people to stay on the app. Yeah. So if you're trying to get people to continue to go off the app, Instagram and I'm sorry to say this, and I hope nobody from Instagram is watching, but they're going to demonetize your content, right? So makes sense. If yeah. you're trying to constantly get people to go to go to the YouTube, go to Twitter, go to do like you're just trying to get people to do all of this, Instagram is not going to put that on their explore page. Why? Why would they put on their explore page where all of their viewers are at to go to another website? Yeah. Right. So I started learning that, and I started selling through the DMs instead of selling through email or trying to follow up with somebody via phone or get on a Zoom call. I said, forget about all of that. And I started selling through people through the DM. And that is when I start earning money. So again, I started the business with $150. So I've been five figure profitable, you know, since April. And I just been really just, just earning money and just investing in myself, investing in a business. So that is how I've been able to earn you know, earn money. And again, it started with $150, but I, I really figured out that sales is sales. Marketing is marketing. Branding is branding. And I have to piece all three of those together to make that sale. The sale is the most important because it allows me to pay for the marketing and pay for the branding. But the sales sales does not come first. It is a, it's a um, system, right? Like, yeah. It's a exactly. It's like the, the the end funnel of the system. You can't start with the end in, like you start with the end in mind, but there's a real practical in between, and I think that's where a lot of people are missing and disconnected. I imagine, and and so like, what is there usually a like a period of time where it takes you to turn you know someone who's interested and in kind of just becoming aware of your brand into a paying customer? Um, it depends on the product. So right now, I have an ebook called. Um, Instagram growth strategy, 100,000 followers in six months. But I mean, now I got 200,000 followers in eight months. So I, I think I'm going to have to switch up the name now, right? So I got to switch and up new the products, name. New products, exactly, too, yeah. new products. Exactly, another product. So it depends on, because I priced that at $100. And the reason I priced that at $100 is because I want people to perceive my brand as high quality. Right. And I can give you a discount, right? But 
I, you know, I, I want people to perceive my brand as a high quality, which is another marketing tactic if you for the marketing people who are listening to right. this. Right, yeah. But to get somebody to be a paying customer on that, that takes a little longer because that takes a little convincing to get somebody to spend $100 on an ebook right. when ebooks are out here for $10, right? So that takes a little time because that's more of an investment. But when I do promotions, that's another way of um, actually earning money on Instagram. I operate as a media platform to give people promotion. That is, I mean, that is probably the minute they come on my page, they want to be associated with my brand and get their products and get their services out. And if I got 100,000 followers and they only got 50, I mean, they only got, you know, 1,500. Right. They're looking at me as a come up. So they would pay me to post their page. So that way, that, I mean, that is like a 24-hour turnaround. The minute somebody come on my page, they're in my DM asking me how they can get featured. And then I just send them like, hey, this is how much it costs. And that, man, that earns me a lot of money. And I'm only making an Instagram post. So it's not any labor. Right. I can work from anywhere. All I need is an internet connection. And not even that. I need Wi-Fi and a phone. And I can earn, you know, thousands of dollars that way. And then I can invest that money into other products that's going to bring them more value, like webinars, online courses, doing interviews with people. Right. And that way, that allows them to see more value in the ebook. Because now they see me working and see me earning money because they just spent $100 with me on promotion. So they know I'm, they know I'm earning more than $100 a month on Instagram because they just spent $100 with me. Yeah. So when I say, hey, I can show you how to make five figures on Instagram and profit, and now I have their attention because they just spent $100 with me. So, you know, it, it, it depends. Good point. And we're all conditioned, I think, growing up to believe what we see only. Like, if as long as I don't see it, it's not real or not true, right? So, like... They can see that you're putting in that work or what the results you've given, it proof of concept for them to, exactly. to purchase from and, you as and, well. And like I said, if they see they're spending $100 with me and I got 100,000 people on this page, their mind explodes. Okay, how much is he really making? So maybe I do need to learn his strategy. Maybe I do need to get that ebook. Maybe I do need to book a one-on-one coaching, right? Because that way they see something of value. Compared to when I was just doing the money coaching, they're like, oh, this guy's just going to tell me to cut up my budget and, you know, I need to start saving money. And I'm not really trying to hear that. So, yeah, man, you're just making me realize I'm like, all right, got to segue into <laughs> media or something a little bit easier. Yeah, man. It's a good point. Though. Yeah, man. Yeah. You want to start operating as a media and a marketing company because everybody's a media company at the moment. It's so true. Actually, I, I wanted to bring that up. That was the next question. I wanted to save that for a bit later because I have a few more. So let's do a couple quickly first. Okay. Do you have any tips that you can share about getting on the Explore page for people that are interested? Just like a couple of juicy nuggets? Yeah. I mean, one thing I would say is you don't have to put your face on every piece of content that you're, that you're marketing. Right. The reason being is because you want to create shareable content. And shareable content means coming from your page on someone else's story. So if you, if you think about it, your page is public. Yeah. But someone's story is personal. Like you can actually... You can actually uh, make that personal to your you, the only people you want to see it or and it disappears in 24 right. hours. So you can put a lot more content on your story page that you just want to engage with shortly, you know, for short term and um, it's going to disappear. And that's what you want people to do. You want people to share your content to their story because everybody is viewing the story yeah. and everybody is going to eventually share your content. And once Instagram sees that 100 people have shared your content, it must be some content that other pages similar to the other hundred shared your content is going to engage in. So what that means for you is if you're like, okay, let's use your company, for example, make more capital. So that means people who are interested in money is going to share your, your content. So Instagram sees that and say, okay, if a hundred people share this, let's find a thousand people who is interested in this content because all Instagram wants to do is keep, other people on Instagram and the way you do that is by adding value to Instagram and Instagram is going to share your content on their explore page because people sit on the explore page all day and just engage in content. That's wild. eh? Like, I mean, you and I don't, but people do. Yes. And basically what the explore page is, is a replica of all the content that you've liked over the past month or two. So if you go on Instagram and all you're doing is liking Instagram models If you go on your 
your Instagram explore page, that's all you're going to see because Instagram is basically trying to replicate what you've already said you like. Right. So this is why it's very important to get on the Instagram explore page is because if you already said you like make more capital, they're going to show them more content about make more capital or all your previous content. So now you're going to end up on their explore page. And when you end up on their explore page, now you have a new fan. You have somebody who's going to engage in your content, no matter if they're on their story, no matter if they're on their, their timeline or if they're on the explore page. So basically what you want to do is create shareable content. Mm -hmm. Your face does not have to be on it all the time because think about it. Who, who wants to consistently share your face <laughs> and not saying, you know, you're not attractive or not, even if you're attractive, nobody wants to consistently share, share your face on their page. I agree. They're because, not going to share it. Definitely yeah, not. I might engage in it. I might com comment, but I'm not going to share it to my page because I'm not like, I'm not about to consistently have your face on my page because people are going to think it's your page at this point. Right. And it's so much more about storytelling, like you highlight. Exactly. So you, you want to be able to add value. You want to just use shareable quotes and things like that. And that is what goes viral. Now you can put your face and put all your videos and everything on your personal page and the content that you put out. Right. But the content you won't share, you want to take your face off the, off of that. Put your at username and just add value teach people, educate people, incentivize people to share your posts. And that's how you actually get on the explore page. Once you get two or three pages, I mean, posts on the explore page, Instagram is going to start highlighting your page to more of your, your people who follow you because Instagram only shows your content to about 10 or 15% of the people who follow you. Right. Even me, I got 197,000 followers. So only probably 20 to 30,000 people actually see my posts when I make a post unless it goes viral and it get on the explore page. And guess what? The, the people who follow the explore page, they don't necessarily have to follow you. So if it, Instagram is showing your content to a hundred and thousands of other people who don't follow your page, which is how your follower growth can actually grow because they're not showing your page, your, your, your content to people who already follow you. They're showing it to a thousand new people who don't follow you which is why even if you convert 10% of those over, that's 100 followers off one yeah. post and you didn't do anything. You didn't buy an ad. You didn't do anything. That, that's so, where it's unheard of anywhere else, the social being free. It, yeah. Exactly. So that's real free social media if you want, if you don't have a real, a real marketing budget behind that. Amazing, James. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's more of a journey, right? So you just try and try new things as you go. Um, but just like, I, I want to touch into this because you really capitalized on opportunity this past year. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth asking, like, you know, with everything that's going on, obviously COVID-19 hits and the economy, like the world closes down for a few weeks, mm -hmm. months. And then with, with George Floyd's murder in, in May, like, how did you stay focused and, and, you know, focused on the business as opposed to giving into, not to say that they're distractions, but right. again, like it's easy to get carried away when, when many things pop into your point of view, but how did you stay focused and just grow that brand throughout all this? Well, for one, I, I understand marketing. Right. right. So understanding marketing means if you associate your brand with everything, how are people going to feel when they come to your page? How are people going to feel when they engage with your content? How are people going to feel when they come to your restaurant? Right. Yeah. So we're a human being. So, no matter what, we're we're all we're emotional creatures. We're about feelings. So when everything happened with the COVID and people losing their jobs and things like that, I didn't want to make my page about unemployment and everybody losing their job and people being out of work and the riots and things like that. Smart. Even though I yeah. know that's happening, yeah, I can combat that with being positive and being that positive outlet. Because if you turn on the news, everything is going to show murders. They're going to show. Um, how many unemployment it is. It's a virus, it really eh? The you, news is a virus. Yes, oh. it will really make you depressed about life because you're sitting at home, you probably lost your job or your income or you know, you're you're not able to go out and earn money or actually enjoy your life and you're sitting up watching the news all day and all they're telling you about is what's going wrong in life. What's who's doing bad. Yeah. You know, but me and you know because we're interested in the stock market. You never waste a good recession. You never waste a good downturn. Never, no. Never. So 
every time somebody's buying in the stock market, somebody's selling. And every time somebody's selling, somebody's buying. So when the stock market is falling, that's an opportunity to look and buy. You know, when, when businesses are shutting down, that means their hundred customers that used to spend money with them can now spend money with you. Mm -hmm. So like I capitalized off that and I'm not going to um, act like I wasn't struggling um, initially right. because I never, like I'm a homebody anyway. So I really stay home and stay to myself unless I'm going out and speak or doing business. Nice. But the fact that somebody told me I had to stay at home, that, that was the biggest struggle for me. <laughs> yeah. So Anyone telling you weeks, what to do, it's like, come on now. Exactly. So the first few weeks, man, I was really struggling. And then I thought about it because I had already started Black, started Black Millionaires and I was at like 15K. Right. And I was like, wait a minute. If, if, if nobody's out at restaurants, at parties, at bars, where are they at? Oh, they're at home. Right. Okay. Everybody's at home doing what? What are you doing? You've been on Instagram for five hours today. Maybe they're on Instagram as well. So maybe you need to step your marketing game up. So that's what I did. I started stepping my marketing game up and implementing a lot of these strategies that I used. And then once I did that, I was able to take advantage of everybody being on their phones, everybody being on social media. And because my page is um, about um, black empowerment, then the George Floyd situation happened and that tore me apart. But again, I understand marketing. So Hundreds of people were, were requesting because I have a media platform. Right. Post a video up. Post. And I'm like, no. Why would I want to post up a video about someone getting murdered? Right. Even though I understand your intentions behind it, but it's not beneficial to our community or no community, period. And it's so important right? no, for you to say no and know when, yeah, exactly, know when to hold your ground. Exactly. So I had to know when to say no. So I started promoting things about leadership. I started promoting things about what corporate companies can do to actually impact the black community. Like shout out wow. to Netflix. Yeah. They, you know, invested a hundred million dollars and put a hundred million dollars in black owned banks. That's going to trickle down to the communities that have been depressed, you yeah. know, and the communities that have been um, left behind in terms of the banking industry. Now they have a hundred million dollars to spread around. And if anybody who don't understand banking, when you got a hundred million dollars in deposit, you can lend more, so now you can lend more, you can create more financial products. And you can lend out a billion, I think, yeah. Exactly. You can lend up to a billion dollars. <laughs> so now Netflix is basically saying we're going to help the black community out in terms of putting money in a black-owned bank up to a billion dollars. And they only put $100 million. So I started posting about things like that, educating people, showing people, hey, these are the black-owned banks in the area, right? right? right. So I started doing things like that instead of being... Um, instead of boycotting and riding, I start showing people how they can actually support small businesses, how they can support local businesses that are going out of business because of COVID. So I'm more of a, you know, support instead of boycott and riot. And I understand boycotting and riot, you know, that actually helps in certain situations, mm -hmm. but that's just not how I see it, right? And I see it from a different perspective. I see it as let me help a business owner actually acquire a customer so they can feed their family. That's an act of activism, right? Yeah. So I don't have to necessarily be out rioting or, you know, looting or, um, you know, protesting. My protest and activism is actually being in a boardroom or sitting one-on-one -on -one with somebody and actually helping them capitalize on, um, you know, this customer base that is, you know, that, that people are losing. You know, if like, think about this. I was, I was listening to, Target, I think it was Target earnings call, and they said they added $5 billion of new customers. Like, basically, new customers spent about $5 billion right. um, throughout COVID. And where did that $5 billion come from? Small businesses who have went out of business, small retail mom and pop shops that went out of business, those customers still need to spend money. Right. So yeah. they started spending money with the big box, big box retailers. So I've been showing people how to set up an e-commerce business set up an online business and actually acquire some of those customers. So I looked at that as an opportunity to impact my community. And I did not want to, you know, post up all this negative content because I'm not CNN. I'm not Fox news. They do that a lot better than me. Yeah, they can no. post up about Trump and post up about all this other stuff. All that's this going hate. On. That's just all this contagious hate and, and divisive. Terrible. Yeah, exactly. So I started just posting up positive stuff. And then I got hundreds of hundreds of DMs like, Wow, man, I come on this page and y'all all positive, positive quotes, how to get my money right, how to do a budget, how to survive through quarantine, 
you know, how to build an e-commerce business. Yeah. I'm talking about all this empowerment stuff. So people really gravitated to that. And that is what attracted people to my page. And it was able to grow because once 50 people, you know, word of mouth is the best marketing. So once yeah. I impact 50 people, I'm going to impact 50, you know, I can impact 50,000 because they can tell their hundreds and thousands of followers that they have. So basically I just was, you know, trying to be positive through this situation and not really trying to be the divisive news media outlet because CNN, Fox, all of them do the, a better job than me. So I just really use my small platform to be positive. And man, it's, I'm really seeing the fruits of the labor because people need yeah, good for you, positivity. Man. They, they, they need positivity. They do. And yeah, even just being stuck at home, it's difficult to stay positive consecutively for days at a time. So it's amazing that you're able to do that. And like, you know, you're just, you're someone that sees the opening or the gap that you see that people need the positivity and all you do is fill it and you get rewarded for that. You know, that's business. Yeah, exactly, man. That's, that's exactly what I try to teach people. Like just amazing, James. Yeah. You know, these, these mom and pop shops that lost customers, somebody is going to gain that customer. That customer is not going to not spend money, but you have to figure out your way of providing value to get them to spend money with you and your small business. So that's what I'll be teaching people. Yeah. And it is so important just to see the reaction that we have uh, in terms of what happened with the, the murder of George Floyd too. Like, you know, sustainably over time, I don't think you can't just riot consistently. However, exactly. you, you can make noise so that people notice. But the other thing that I've heard recently is that it's so true is like, no matter what, any revolution starts within, you know, mm -hmm. any groups of people can come together and think that they're going to make the difference. But unless those people inside are not trying to change themselves, right? revolution can't happen. It starts within, right? So, yeah. So that's why, you know, that's why I really focus on coaching people and, uh, and actually showing them how to capitalize and actually start a business. Because if a hundred people come to your, to your yeah. shop and you don't know how to convert them over to a customer, did they really even come? No, exactly. And no, it's courageous, man, that you've kept on. And it's just, it's only going to keep growing. I'm excited to see, see what happens to the brand. Now, I did want to ask, well, what, what was it about Atlanta that made you want to move? Actually, hold on. I will get to that, but I want to do that media question that I had before mm -hmm. I forget. So yeah, no, I, I've, I've been hearing that a lot. I, I don't know if you listen to any Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh yeah. Gary V. That's my guy. Yes. for sure. Oh, he's, he's the man, dude. Honestly, if anyone has kept me more sane in these last six months, it's gotta be Gary. Like, it's been incredible, but he, he's he's highlighting, and you probably have a better understanding of this with the background of marketing. But he's saying how is like the internet's exposing, you know, everyone, and social media is how people want to use it. Mm -hmm. But then everyone is also becoming their own media company if they want to. So like, where you had to go through the middleman before, you no longer have to. So do you mind explaining that? Um, and like, does does that make sense? And does that relate to how you kind of segued? Yeah. So. So the reason everyone is a media company now is because of technology. You have a phone, you have a computer in your pocket, for one. You have a camcorder in your pocket. You have a camera in your pocket. You have an audio recorder all in your pocket that you pay monthly for. Or that we are Androids without admitting it. You know, Androids and iPhones, right? Yeah. And because you have that power, now you have access to the same power that these media companies with millions of dollars have access to. And... Because they have millions of dollars, they're expected to produce high quality content. So if you look on CNN and the guy tie is not right, you know his hair is not cut, and he's not in a business suit, you're gonna you're gonna look at CNN like they're crazy. Like what's going on? Like why is this guy on TV and yeah. he doesn't have himself together? But we don't have that same expectation for each other because you're just shooting on the phone, right? But we right. do have the expectation that you actually shoot and records your content. So that's the expectation. So everyone's a media company because everyone has access to the same tools. So now all you have to do, and this is what I teach a lot of people when they say, I don't know how to create content. All I tell you to do is do exactly what you would do if you didn't have a camera, but just point a camera at yourself. Yeah. Right. So I would do this anyway. Right. So one thing I'm doing and I, and I haven't released it yet, but one thing I'm doing is create my own show. And um, basically, all I'm going to do is give people an opportunity to call into my show. And I'm going to do live one-on-one -on -one coaching for about five to seven minutes. Nice. Upload that on YouTube. And I'm going to just consistently up upload that on YouTube. If, that, if that's going to be my way to blow up, that's my way. But look how simple that is. 
I would coach people one-on-one for free all day anyway. We already talked about how I was losing money right. trying to coach people on money with millennial mistakes. I can do that now, but now I, I point a camera at it. That is how I monetize YouTube. That's how I monetize Instagram. So I'm not necessarily creating content. I'm documenting content. Right. So everybody needs to start documenting their journey. No matter if you're in public relations, no matter if you're in marketing, no matter if you have a restaurant, start pointing a camera at what you already do. So you're not, you you don't have to be scripted. You don't even have to have audio behind it. If you just literally show people what you are doing, it's going to increase your sales because it takes consumers seven to 10 times to see your brand and to see your service to take you serious. Yeah. So if they're constantly seeing you put out content about what you do, you're selling them every time you upload a video and that seventh or the 10th time you upload a video, then they're going to consider you and say, okay, let me go try out this restaurant. Cause I keep constantly seeing them yeah, serve so customers, create burgers, you know, they giving recipes. So, you know, everybody is a media company because it doesn't cost money to be on Instagram. All it costs is your data. So you are trading your data for um for a platform right which i'm okay with um most people aren't but we don't have any privacy in 2020 so you know you pretty much have to get over yeah it, i think privacy right? is a bit of an illusion too yeah i mean privacy is an illusion yeah. um so we trade our privacy and data for um these media platforms so that's the cost of entry of entry to get on social media and then you already have a phone so it's not like you have to go buy anything extra. I bought extra because, again, I've been making five figures on Instagram, um, all profit from a business I started with $100. Yeah. So I got the capital to go actually buy camera equipment and you know all this other stuff. But if you don't have that money, you can start with your phone yeah. and just point it at what you're already doing. So if you're a consultant, if you're a coach, um, if you're a motivational speaker, if you're a marketer, if you have a clothing line, just... Record yourself packing and sending off packages at the mail, at the mailbox. Right. And people are going to see that you're actually, you have, you have customers, you're doing business and they're going to want to spend money with you. So you can do the exact same thing that I just said. You can create, you, you know, you can, you can be doing your everyday business operations and not point a camera at it. And you're doing yourself a disservice because the person who is pointing a camera at what they're doing. They can have a worse product. They can have worse service. Their price can be higher, but they're going to get the customer because the customer saw their brand seven to 10 times and they did not see your brand seven to 10 times. So yeah. we are all media and marketing companies because marketing and media is right at, in the palm of our hands all day. It's called social media. Yeah. So media is the second thing from social. Social means you got to actually interact with people, right? Yeah. And what was the, sorry, I think Gary Vaynerchuk made a point too, where he's like, I think when, when you start seeing yourself as HBO or as these big networks that don't necessarily have to focus on one thing, but they can showcase other, and like, that's exactly what you're doing technically. Exactly. So um, one thing I did is created a platform called the upgrade.co. Yeah. Basically that's a, that's a platform where online courses, my webinars, my eBooks, and I'm going to open it up for other people to host their eBooks and webinars and things on. So when people call into my show oh, and they ask me yeah. a business question, what am, who, who am I going to recommend? I'm going to recommend the upgrade. Like, hey, go on to upgrade.com, check out my um, Instagram eBook, and here's a discount. So I just gave them five to seven minutes of free marketing and I built trust with them. And now I'm recommending yeah. them to... A, a digital product that I created. So I'm making money in my sleep. And guess what? I'm uploading the content on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, which gets me engagement. And on Instagram and YouTube, I mean, on YouTube, they're going to run ads and that's how I'm going to create a revenue stream. On Instagram, yeah. I can run ads. So that creates a revenue stream. So now I just created six or seven streams of income. And hold on, I'm wearing my merchandise when I record the show. Yeah. So now people are looking at my merchandise and saying, okay, that's a nice shirt. Who want, like, you know, I want to wear that shirt. So I'm doing all of this. And all I did is pointed a camera at doing something that I was doing for free a year ago. already. Right. Yeah. But I just figured out that pointing a camera at it and documenting it 
is the way and operating, like you said, as HBO, as Cinemax and all these big uh, media companies, operating that way is the way I'm able to monetize seven or eight different ways. And the people who are watching it, they don't feel like I'm selling them anything. They feel like, oh, he's just answering a call. But they don't know I got on my T-shirt. I'm recommending my digital products online. I'm get doing advertisement on YouTube. They don't know that, right? My right. background might have somebody book in it that they paid me to put there. People don't know that. Like this is this is how you market subconsciously. Yeah. Right? And did you study marketing? Is that your background, James? Yeah, I went to school for communications, and we had to have a focus because communications is very broad. Right. Um, so my focus was in business and marketing. Okay, because it's just making me realize, though, business is just storytelling. That's really all it is. Or branding. That's all it I guess. is. Branding is storytelling. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, and before, you know, in 2020, I mean, in 20, in 2000 or the 90s, yeah. you needed a big warehouse, you needed logistics, you needed shipping and handling. You don't need any of that now. All you need is a camera and a website and an email. And, man, you can make thousands and, and you know, potentially millions of dollars online providing value to people. Yeah, man. It's all it's and it's content is king always, right? As long as there's quality and you're teaching someone or you're teaching many people something that they couldn't grasp beforehand. Yeah. So, so valuable. Uh, awesome, dude. So I uh, just wanted to know what what was it about Atlanta that drew you there as your first kind of destination outside of Detroit? I actually have family down here. So I have, oh, okay. uh, you know, I have family down here and, they, and I have some more family that stay um, south of Atlanta, probably about an hour and a half. So you know, I was taking a chance. I was leaving my hometown to start a business. And, you know, if I fell flat on my face, I knew I had an uncle where I can go get a meal, go take a shower and, you know. That support network too. Day. Yeah. I needed that hierarchy of needs, safety. So I was around, like, even though I didn't spend time with my uncle because I was building a business, I still had that in, in the back of my mind. If I lose all of my money, if I go broke, if I get put out of my apartment, I can still go over to my uncle's house shower, talk to him, get a good fresh meal and go out the next day to try to, yeah. you know, find something to earn money. So, you know, I never fell on, I never fell flat on my face and um, I never mm -hmm. had to go reach out to my uncle, but knowing I had that in the back pocket was, you know, that was motivating and it was inspiring. And my uncle was doing really good down here, man. So he was more like a mentor to me. Good. Um, I actually wanted to move to LA. So it was between, it was between LA Houston, D.C., or Atlanta. And um, I decided to move to Atlanta because I don't have family in L.A. I don't have family in Houston. I don't have family in D.C. Well, I got one family. I got an auntie in um, D.C., but um, me and her isn't as close. And I knew my uncle was gotcha, doing really okay. good down here. So I just was like, you know, Atlanta's, you know, it, you know I was really Smart, like, systematic behind it. I know it seemed like it was a, a big impulse. I think that's a better way to do it, though, because like, well, when when I ask you now, you have that intent behind it, so it's like it makes more sense yeah. because obviously you can go anywhere, but if if there's really no underlying thought that like, like what you're sharing right now, then it almost makes it seem a bit more risky. But and how do you like Atlanta? Because I've heard amazing things about the city bumping, especially like uh, as a new Hollywood in the U.S. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a lot of film and media going on here. I mean, you know, obviously, L.A. is number one. You picked the right place. Um, yeah, I forgot. I forgot who's number two. Maybe New York, right? Um, Probably for media. Yeah, for media, and then Atlanta is is real close to that third man. So we, we we've been doing a lot in media down here. Um, a lot of media companies are moving down here. A lot of movies are being shot down here, like Bad Boys yeah, Three. Yeah, I heard that. Bad Boys Three was shot down here, man. It was a lot. It's a lot of movies that we watch on screen that we don't know, but they were shot down here in Atlanta, man. So right. Atlanta is very inviting. It, it's, it's very diverse. Um, it's 7.8 million people in the uh, metro Atlanta area. So, I mean, networking, crazy. networking is essential here. You know, it's a lot of customers here. So if you have a service you want to provide, I mean, if you can't find 50 customers a, a month out of 7 million people, then you need to evaluate your own business, <laughs> yeah. right? So... So Absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of regions. The only thing about Atlanta, compared to all the other major cities, is we don't have a body of water around us. You know, Houston has a body of water. Right. L.A. has a body of water. D.C. Detroit has a body of water with the, um, you know, right there next to Canada, um, that the Detroit River, all of that. Um, the Great Lakes is in Michigan, but 
Atlanta doesn't have a body of water. That was the only thing I was, and I don't swim anywhere. I don't get on boats. Is there no river passing through at all? No, or? no, man. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's it, it's it's like North Georgia. So if you think about it, Georgia doesn't really have too much water running through it. Um, oh, that makes sense. I'm a bit of a geography nerd, so I actually have to look at it at a map now. Yeah, man. Yeah, pull it up. And every look at city it. has some sort of water running through it. Otherwise, you don't build a city there. Usually, exactly. And that's the reason. If you think about um, history, that's the reason a lot of these cities are, um, yeah, you know, essential yeah. and affluent because you know people arrived on boats and you know you ship products and services on boats. And if you were by the Mississippi River or the Great Lakes or the Pacific Ocean and things like that, you can actually ship products. So that would yeah. be an entry point for where the products are brought in and dispersed through train and you know cargo throughout the United States. So that's why LA is a is is a um, prominent spot because you know a lot of packages coming in on LA. A lot of play, people right. fly in into New York, right? Gotcha, um, yeah. So Atlanta not having a river. Um, or not having a body of water is weird to me, but um, I think other than that, man, it's it's, it's really good down here. It's, it's very diverse, man. There's so many people. Yeah, and um, I meet so many celebrities down here, man. It's it's ridiculous. Like that's really cool. You, yeah, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't hurt when you have a media company now, because then you're like, hey, check out what I'm about. Yeah. Exactly right. Trying to do interviews and trying to meet. Yeah, man. I, I meet so many people, man. So it, it's it's a perfect area for me. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it's a tourist attraction as well. So a lot of people want to come yeah. to Atlanta. So even when I'm trying to network with people and they're like, hey, I'm coming to Atlanta, let's network, let's meet, let's, let's grab something to eat. So it's always good for people incoming. Um, and it's a lot of people here, man. So I, I, I really like yeah. staying down here. So I don't plan moving back uh, to Detroit no time soon. <laughs> No, man. Well, it seems like it's just one of those things, too. You made a good choice at the right time because now it's it's popping and it takes time for some new cities to actually get that exposure and become a, a hot spot or attract business in all different areas. It just it just creates opportunity, which ultimately awesome for everyone. Yeah, man. So, yeah. So I'm really I'm really um, I'm really excited about the growth down here. I've been good. down here um, two years. Um, so I'm now now I'm starting to see a lot of the. Like you said, I made a good decision, so I'm, I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor on there. Good, man. That's awesome, James. And so last question, we'll just round up uh, with the big three that I like to ask my guests. So if you got mm-hmm. to think back over your lifetime, what would be three of the biggest investments that you've made in yourself that helped you get to, to where you are now? Um, I would say going to college was a real good investment for me, contrary to what people say on social media. Um, it was yeah. It was a real good investment for me because of the neighborhood I grew up in. You know, a lot of people don't take their education serious there, and they're just, you right. know, they're 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 living off survival. And then once I was able to get out and get exposed to 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 better, to want more, um, that really sparked my creativity and my mind, and it stretched my mind. So going away from college, going away to college was a real good investment. Um, I'm not sure if you ever heard of the DISC assessment. No, um, I haven't. But, but the DISC assessment, that's something I do in my one-on-one coaching because it impacted me so much. Um, the DISC assessment really showed me the areas and my blind spots that I was good at in business and communicating mm. and where I was bad at. Um, so that really helped me out a lot because if I'm so bad at something, now I don't <laughs> you need wanna to. You want to know, I think, right? Yeah, you, you want to know, know what you're bad at and you want to know what you're really good at. So yeah. if I'm really good at something, I only need to do that. If I'm really bad at something, then I need to partner with somebody or hire somebody to do that for me. And if I'm okay in one area, I could probably, you know, improve. So I spent, you know, I spent some, spent a lot of money on actually getting coaching and getting a business coach and, um, you know, getting walked through the disc assessment. And now I actually do that with my one-on-one coaching. Um, So that was a major investment for me because it shifted the way I looked at business and team building and networking. Because one of the problems that I ran into in business early is trying to, like, I'm I'm an extrovert, so I naturally connect with extroverts because I'm on Instagram live talking, they're on Instagram live talking, so we like, let's collab. And then when it came to business and we're trying to grow, working with somebody who with the same skill set as me isn't really beneficial because I'm the person on camera. So if you're trying to be the person on camera, we don't need two people on camera. We yeah. need somebody behind the scenes actually working on the logistics and dealing with customers and things like that. So 
Um, the disc assessment allowed me to build a team around me so I can actually provide value in the area that I'm perfect and good at. Good. And I can hire or partner with people who's a lot better at certain areas that I need in business. Um, and that really exposed me to, you know, to the area that I really need to focus on. So that's nice. two. And um, I mean, another area that I invested in is just, like I said, clearing out all of my consumer debt. Yeah, that really free. That really freed my mind up. You're not, not having a car payment, not having 10 credit cards um, that you have to pay a monthly fee on, not having medical debt and, you know, all these other payments that you have to um, make a payment on. And I'm, I'm not being, um, I'm not talking down on anyone because, you know, I can come, come across as, you know. Yeah, no, and I don't think you would, people, but, but just go, yeah. like, I love that this is one of your big three investments in your lifetime because how valuable yeah, is that to clear that out and then everything to, else kind of takes form, right? Yeah, to clear that out, man. And now you can really invest on, you can invest, you can make the investments in your life that matter. Yeah. So if you, if you have to buy something and it costs a thousand dollars, you can't afford a thousand dollars, but you can afford a hundred dollars a month. A lot of people sign up for that and they do that five or 10 times before you know it, they got more money at the end of their month than they can actually handle. And they're stressed out. Yeah. They can't start a business because they have all these payments. So just investing that time into clearing out all of my mistakes that I made in college, you know, having not really focusing on my credit and not really, you know, not really having an emergency fund. Yeah. Once I cleared that out and really got a clear mind on, you know, having six months of expenses, having, um, you know, a diverse um, stock portfolio, having um, money coming in that I can actually reinvest into the business instead of paying off debt. Yeah. Making that mindset shift and that investment, that helped me out a lot, man, because, I mean, I just bought um, between me and you, a, a, a $3,000 camera. So I couldn't do that last year because I had five or six different payments. But now, right. because I don't have any payments, I can save up the money I earn and just make that large investment. And it's going to pay me dividends moving forward. And I'm going to be able to make twice as much income off of the camera because I'm be able to create content that makes me money that I can monetize. But I would never got to the place to be able to to be able to save up that amount of money if I had 10 payments coming out of my ears and a car payment and all of this. Yeah. So Creditors leaning over you. And that's going to last you five, 10 years, that camera. Exactly, man. So anybody listening, I'm not perfect, but I, I tell if you can take anything from this, you don't have to start a media company. You don't have to go viral on social media, but if you can look at your finances and actually clear out some of your debt, clear out some of those payments and actually get control of your money, and not let your money control you, that's going to allow you to see what you actually want to do with your time and with your life, because that's more important than money. We're talking about money and, you know, we talk about business, but the real important thing is having financial freedom, being able to do what you really want to do. Yeah. And if that's nothing, if you really just want to sit around and watch Netflix all day, at least you can sit around and watch Netflix all day and you're not stressed out about money because you're not, you're not going to enjoy the show if, you know... <laughs> you're worried about money all day. So I just want people to focus on their money, their budget, um, especially during COVID with people losing their jobs. It's really been exposed that we really need yeah. multiple streams of income and we need to focus on getting out of debt and actually building a business. So that's what I want to encourage people to do. Absolutely, man. No, it's great to end off with that point because it's it's so true and I think people will realize that. But even just like coming onto the internet, I've come to realize that people have been talking about building multiple income streams since like 2000. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just there's like these early adopters that have gotten on the Internet and learned it, learned the way. And and now as we get on here, we're realizing what we can do with it. And it's just I do think, though, it really ultimately starts with not having debt to anyone that you owe. Mm -hmm. because That just takes away from like being able to have that vision for like yourself. So exactly, man. So if you got to make one payment and you got to make an investment you know, most people are going to make the payment and now they can't make the investment. So yeah. if you make the payment and just clear the whole payment out, now it's only going to be one choice you have to make. You either have to not spend the money or you have to make the investment. And if you're serious about your craft and your business, you're obviously going to make the investment. So yeah. those are the three things that I invested in myself. And one of the most important was clearing out all of my debt, man. So that's what I encourage your listeners to do. 
get control of your finances, clear it out, and just have a clear mind so you can reach financial freedom. Yeah, man. Well, there's been so much value in this episode. So I want to thank you again for coming on and for sharing all of that amazing details. And so where can people find you online? Um, just follow me online. My personal page is James Hill TV um, on all platforms. And if you guys want to follow the Black Millionaires, it's Black Millionaires underscore. Um, so Black Millionaires underscore is where everyone can find me. Okay, perfect. And then is there a website too to join that community? Uh, I can put that in the handle as well. Yeah, so that's... Or in the show notes, sorry. Yeah, my, my, my online community is called The Upgrade. Theupgrade.co is the website. Okay. And um, we have a private Facebook group and we have a webinar coming up, upcoming social media marketing webinar. We have um, my Instagram ebook is, is, is hosted on there as well. So you can... Um, you can invest in that. Perfect. And also the disc assessment that I spoke highly about that really changed my life in terms of team. Building. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm going to check that yeah, out after man. this. So I have that on there as well. So I, I, I have that on there as well. You can take the test. The test is only 15 to 20 minutes. And then um, I walk you through understanding your results so you can implement that into your life. And um, that's something that I'm really passionate about, man. And I do that with organizations and schools. And I also, I, I just started offering it to one-on-one you know, so people can understand their results. But I I, I primarily do that with um, like colleges and uh, organizations that I go speak at. But um, I've been getting a lot of the disc assessment. Is it mostly business oriented or like psychology oriented? Um, It's more of like you can, it's more of um, psychology oriented. So it's like communicate, it's like how you communicate and how you solve problems and how you address the world and how you communicate. So obviously communication is very important in business. So we're oh, business. It's, it's everything. Yeah, it's so we're going to look at it from a business perspective. Right. But but in terms of, um, you can look at it from any perspective. You can look at it from a, a rela- relationship perspective from with you and your spouse, right? So it's, it's multiple right. ways to yeah. um, look at the results. Um, so depending on whatever my clients are looking, whatever problem they're looking to address in their life, maybe it's personal, maybe it's business. Maybe it's forming a new discipline. I try to show them how yeah. to use their results and their blind spots to their advantage because just being good at something is great, but knowing what you're not good at is just it, it, it's just as valuable as knowing what you're good at because you know what not to do. Yeah, exactly. And you got to double down on what you're good at. So, but no, hey, thanks, man, for bringing light into this world, especially at a tough time because we need it more than ever. So, thanks so much for coming on. All right, man. I appreciate you. And that is it for episode 54, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and at anchor.fm slash highlyinvested. If you got any value out of this episode, please share it with any friends or like-minded individuals that you think can learn something as well. And if you can leave a review or rating, I would really appreciate it. It helps with the organic reach, and I love to know who's listening. I just want to help spread the knowledge and make everyone a little bit more financially literate. So thank you again for tuning in, everybody. This is your host, Jordan Hiley, signing off. Stay highly invested in yourselves, everyone. Till next time.